don't you feel bad about what you did? Or feel for Ashley? If Craig really loves her, then why does he keep coming back to me? Keep coming back? Manny, don't tell me. You knew Chris had a girlfriend. Which is why I came home. I think you chickened out. I made the right choice, and it's something you should think about. You want me to make a choice? Fine. I choose to stop hanging out with you. You don't want to be friends. Not with a stuck-up prude princess. Good, because I don't want to be friends with a school slut. Welcome to All About Degrassi, the show where we do think the environment is sexy. I think the environment's really hot. First of all, it's a good place to have sex. <laughs> I don't really advocate for public se sex. I think that's non-consensual, so I think that's like kind of a gray area kink-wise. Uh, but I do think there's certain places in, in this great country of ours where it's implied that if you go there, you might see some sex happening, and that's a great place to have sex. Yeah, like Folsom. Folsom. That's not the environment. Many but... beaches. <laughs> many beaches. It's your fault if you go there and you see people fucking. So this is topical because the environment is currently uh, going through it right now, and we oh, just yeah. want her to know that oh, she's sexy. Canada. Poor oh, yeah. Canada. Uh huh. I'm sure Toronto is under the the Blade Runner haze at yeah, this very moment. Absolutely. The the sort of Damocles is just hanging over us all, but especially in Toronto. R. I. P. This is a really wild series of things to talk about at the beginning of this uh, episode of All About Degrassi. Uh, I'm Nick Sahoya. I'm Evan Goodrich. Re-railing. Yeah. Well, we're back. We're, we're back. So, we're back to our Degrassi podcast. Uh, we are talking today about, uh, starting with season three, episode eight, Whisper to a Scream, named after the song by the Icicle Works. A Which is actually titled Birds Fly Per Parenthetical Whisper to a Screen. They only use the parenthetical? They only use the parenthetical. That's not allowed. Time. Well, I think in some uh, markets it was actually just called Whisper to a Scream, so I think that's why they went with that. There's a Spice Girls song in the first season that they name after, and they do use the whole song with the parenthetical. They have also used the song and removed the parenthetical. Mm -hmm. I think that's all fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you can just use the parenthetical. I think that's cheating. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm fine with it. Okay. I'll let it fly. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, it's like the hook of the song. Like, the hook yeah. isn't birds fly. The hook is that. So, I'm fine with it. I don't, they maybe if I knew the song better. They should have titled the song Whisper to a Scream. I think it's on them, actually. Okay. The, um, the just, it's of course, a pretty corrected. badass title. Yeah, it's a pretty good song. It's it's fine. I listen to I always listen to the songs before uh, recording these, and I'm like, just to even if I know the song, I'm just like, oh yeah, this. I always listen to the three second clip that producer Brimp puts in the show, and if it's uh, and wrong, then you're like, I'll check that out later. Yeah, <laughs> I'll add that to my Spotify queue. No, I li I literally just listen to it to make sure he did it, and oh. so far <laughs> in all the episodes, he, he does he's it. only made one error. And I mean, Brimp, you know what it was, and you fix it very quickly. And I love you. Let's continue. Uh, today we're talking about Ellie. It's our first Ellie-sode. I love Ellie. I do too. Um, I want to say something that's going to seem um, crass based on just this episode, but we're immediately introduced to Ellie's mom, mm -hmm. and I think of Ellie's mom as high camp. Like, <laughs> now, that sounds really crass. I want to, we're dealing with some alcoholism in this episode. That's a very heavy theme. I want to take that very seriously. 
I have. Oh, I don't. So I don't. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't uh, want to. <laughs> As no. someone whose father was an alcoholic, I'm like, no, well, I'm prepared. Oh, okay, to, great. To, well, that's your prerogative. <laughs> I, I'm going to be really careful <laughs> and just say that I do take all these issues seriously. Something about this woman's performance, a little bit in this episode, but especially in her future episodes, mm-hmm. is so hilarious to me. I find her so amusing. I find her to be a very compelling. Uh, Screen presence. Wouldn't she, wouldn't she, like, go, like, toe-to-toe with, like, Jane Kazmarek on, like, Malcolm in the Middle? She could be, like, a foil to her. <gasps> oh, she has that totally. Energy. She does. She has, like, like annoying neighbor energy. I love her. Like, I, I think, so she doesn't get much to do in this episode. No. But, no, in future episodes. She around. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it. But in her screen time, in this episode, I think she's actually pretty compelling. And, she's like, magnetic. So, okay. I love her. We should just say, so we open this episode by finding out that Ellie's dad is in the military and he's being shipped off to take part in a peacekeeping mission of some sort in Afghanistan. In so, Kabul. Yeah. Uh, in Kabul, that's yeah, right. Because and the uh, war on terror was going on. That's right. This is a very topical episode um, I know for a lot that, of reasons. I, I know factually Canada was at D-Day. I know factually that Canada has a military presence. They do. It just seems so implausible when you see it in practice. Like an army man with a little maple leaf on? Mm-hmm. That's so silly. Mm-hmm. It's very... There- if you were out there being oppressed by colonialist North America, and Canada's and you, there too, and you saw a guy coming up to you, an American soldier, and you're like, "Wow, that's very intimidating," but then you saw he had a little maple leaf on there, you'd be like, "Oh, it's fine. He's gonna be nice to us. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be a sweetie." Uh, <laughs> that's what you think. That's what you that's think. I'm sure you would be wrong, but that's just my perception. <laughs> uh, so Ellie tells her dad that she's worried about her mom, but he insists that she'll be okay. Um, he's he's not he's not correct. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, but Ellie's mom, meanwhile, is like clearly not handling his departure well. But she like puts on a brave face as they wave goodbye to the the bus carrying off the soldiers. No, oh, and there's the bus right now. There's a bus. It's flying by. Wait, he's getting on a the bus. He's bus. not getting on a plane. He's getting on a bus. I think it, I don't know why I thought he to was, a plane. He's getting on Presumably. a bu- bus. Plane. Another club, Bu- another bus, <laughs> another plane, another club. That's that's what uh, story of being a Canadian soldier. Yeah. So there's <laughs> something about the way her mom like comports herself in the scene, which is like very unsettling. Like she yeah. feels a little unhinged. And yeah, which it's is really just, subtle. Yeah. I liked it. And she's like kind of snaps at her. And she calls her Ooh. Eleanor, which is you know always unsettling. I loved uh, it. And just her like little gross like tacky pearl necklace. Like oh, I loved all. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Some juicy character work in here. <laughs> uh, so. So at school, we find out that Ellie is interviewing for a co-op position, which is basically an internship. Is that I was going to yeah, ask? Because yeah. Because they kept saying co-op and I was like, why do you want to work at a grocery store? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what you think of, right? But yeah. no, I guess that's what they call internships in Canada. Uh, don't, don't know. Different way to not pay your workers. Right? Yeah, exactly. Call it, call Un- it whatever you want. <laughs> unpaid labor. Uh, so and by the way, we might need an all boot Degrassi intern. Uh, to do some of these Instagram posts that I keep threatening to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you are a listener of the show, I will pay you as an intern. We can call, it, we can call it a co-op you position. You can be our co-op position, yes. If, oh, you are, <laughs> if you're interested in a co-op position, go ahead and uh, uh-huh. send a message. I'll, I'll pay you like 15 bucks to do a post, and you can do that a couple times. Yeah, we'll figure it yeah out. you'll get per diems. We'll um, give you a little per diems. It'll be fun. <laughs> so, uh, and the co-op is at Caitlin Ryan's TV station. We're looping Caitlin into this. And it's very funny that everyone wants to work for Caitlin so bad. Mm-hmm. Another thing I find implausible, but... <laughs> What? It's a glamorous job for, like, a high schooler to work at a TV station. I guess. uh, No, sure. I get that. And honestly, I will say I I really like Caitlin in this episode. 
um, oh. because she's not trying to date anyone. I think when she's just a normal adult, I kind of yeah, she's her. not being a mess. Yeah, um, but Ellie's nervous because she's competing against Paige for the job, who mm-hmm. shows up to school dressed to impress in her business wear finest and a pair of fake glasses. Okay, you know what this was giving me? There was a runway on season two of Drag Race where Tatiana had to be a businesswoman, <laughs> and she was dressed exactly like this with like the the gemmed out uh business glasses that are clearly yeah it's a very similar look oh i was getting like l woods vibes it was was l woods i'm sure that's what she was going for but what it was giving me was like a drag queen is doing like a number where she's like i'm a business lady business realness but i'm gonna go out to the club after and this is like the thing that she's wearing on top as a reveal and Mm -hmm. she's just gonna rip it all off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what it was giving me work (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure that's, Paige, that's what Paige is going for. Yeah, yeah Paige is always <laughs> trying to get... She was, she was paying homage to Tatiana's future yes. performance on season two, <laughs> six years beforehand. Um, so, meanwhile, Terry has a secret admirer. Ooh. Guess how I feel about this B-plot, Evan. Uh, I mean, guess how I felt about it. Didn't didn't care for it. It was terrible. Um, okay, so... Everything is bad about it. Okay, so Terry finds a rose <laughs> pinned to her locker, and she... And the... Oh my god, starting right there. The shot of this rose being put on the locker, we see it, we mm-hmm. see everything but the hand. We see the rose attached to the locker with a little magnet, and then the camera doesn't cut, keeps going... Like, he literally put it on right as they were walking up because Hazel and Terry walked up. Yeah, it's like, how did you not see it? How did you not see it? Yeah, how did you not see it? It was very poorly staged. It made me very mad. Right. Just, just, they should have started with the locker on the... It should have already been on. Yeah, it should have been on. Like, why do we have to see him putting it on there? Like, we assume... Whatever. Um, so... Someone, like, thought up a really fancy dolly shot and never thought if it actually made any sense. (laughs) It was just for their demo reel. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Okay, so she finds this rose, and she hopes that it's from a certain bespectacled nerd by the name of Rick Murray in his Rick. debut appear. Is that a reference? <laughs> there was Is this a s- Rick and Morty thing? No, no, there was this sketch on uh, early 2000s SNL where Amy Poehler played a little kid, and her dad was Horatio Sh- Horatio. Horatio Sands. And oh, she I would remember always go, this. Rick, remember that? Oh, oh, I do. Oh, I remember. I loved that sketch it's when a really I was a funny kid. Sketch. I should go back and watch it. I remember it hitting really let's hard. Let's watch that. Yeah. Let's watch that right after this. <laughs> um, so, Rick Murray, uh, he will be uh, very important later. later yeah, on. I'm going to keep my thoughts about him in my pocket because mm-hmm. we, we don't have much information yet. No, he's just a sweet little secret admirer, we'll potentially. S- we'll see how we feel about him as this story progresses. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Ellie is even more nerve-wracked when Coach Armstrong surprises the class with a pop quiz, Mm -hmm. which Ellie is completely unprepared for, and she fails it. She does fail. She She fails. It's a 48 or something. Yeah, and Marco, like, commiserates with her at lunch about it, uh, despite the fact that he got a B+, Mm -hmm. which she notes. And I just want to, this, like, brought me back to high school when, like, we (laughs) called them the grade grubbers, where they'd be like, oh, I only got an A-, and they're like, they would compare their, like, really good grades with each other. And there's this straight A boy in my fourth grade class, and one time he got like a, a B plus, and he cried for the rest. Yeah, of the and they day. have like a lot of angst over it, and yeah. I just found it so obnoxious. Like even even when I did well, I would still just be like, shut up, because like they'd all be like, oh my G, my grade point average, like shut up. I did like Marco Latino icon going, Dios mio, look at that sexy man over there, Italian X icon. You mean? Oh, what is he Italian? We already went over this. Oh, okay, I forgot. 
He's Italian ex. Oh, that's right. That's, su- that's surprising. Uh-huh. I thought he was Latino. Uh, you already, we already we had this exact conversation. We're like, I thought he was Latino. No, I don't uh, remember that. All I right. remember almost everything we talk about on this show, and we didn't talk about that. Well, so he quickly ditches uh, Ellie to be closer to Paige's brother, Dylan, mm-hmm. who, as we have established, he has a crush on. Um, to which Paige Riley observes, uh, sucks to be straight. It's <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, and then Miss Sauvey, your Miss Sauvey, your girl, she comes over to one get... of my favorite characters. One of a uh, one of her first standout episodes. Mm-hmm. We really get to see all aspects of her because before we were just seeing her as a counselor. Now we see that she's like a career counselor too. And I mean, isn't that what like... all counselors are? No, but I, to me, there's a difference between a guidance counselor and like. I have an issue. I need to talk to a counselor. Oh, see, those were like our same counselors. Really? And they were usually maybe that was true for. And they were usually uh, only good at uh, neither of those things. Okay. So, okay. Um... <laughs> yeah, then that sounds right. And I think that's why I like Miss Sauve. Is she is just a jack of all trades. She gets. She, she seems gets, to be good at her job. She gets in there with these kids. Yeah. Like I love Miss Sauve. Yeah. Yeah. She's the guidance counselor. I wish I had it in She's, my high school. I would want her to take care of my kids if I ever was unfortunately burdened with a child of some sort. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, burdened with having to live in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I actually... If I ever had to... <laughs> Dane to no, visit. No, I think, I think I would really enjoy <laughs> Toronto. There's a lot of good drag there. There's uh, a lot of queer people there. I would have fun in Toronto. Uh-huh. Uh, so, Miss Sobe comes over to give Paige and Ellie some forms to fill out for the co-op, which... How did she track them down during lunch? That was my question. She, um, you know, has, she has a like, radar in her office. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she has uh, anyone who comes to get guidance from her. She gets them bugged. She puts a little, like, yeah. bug in them. She's like, with, one like, second. a needle in their neck. Yeah. And they <laughs> yeah. fall asleep and they wake yeah, up in yeah, their yeah. home room. <laughs> um, so uh, then Paige, quote unquote, accidentally spills, like, Grape juice, I suppose. Some purple drink. Yeah, it was it was a grape juice, perhaps. Not not, not purple drink. Maybe a cranberry drink. It, yeah, it, it was could, very purple. It was I think. Purple-y. It was, yeah. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Um, on Ellie's white shirt, uh, right before the big interview. It was oh, a no. cute shirt too. I actually did like it. No, she's got to get some oxyclean on that. I mean. Yeah. It's gonna be tough to get I mean, out. that shirt is ruined. It's very funny to me that she's in the sink trying to. Well, fix yeah, it. it's like it's like she's like, she just has like like paper towels and water, and it's like no, girl, also, you got to bleach that shit. I I know that she's a kid and she's very nervous and self conscious. Like I understand that, but like I wish I could just shake her and be like, girl, just like go to the gym, put on a Degrassi t shirt. Say hey, I'm sorry. There was a spill in the cafeteria. I wish I could be dressing more professional, but I didn't want to push. It's also funny because like I don't actually think her uh, outfit is very professional at all. It's kind so of it's, not. It's a like, little like flirtatious. so. It's, so it's like this kind of like again like very like gothic girl top where it's like uh has like well, how would you describe there's it there's little there's ties of, yeah the, like along the, the sleeve and it kind of like bears slight some shoulder it's giving some shoulder it's a lot of skin for ellie because she's usually very covered up yeah yeah so it's like i don't know this isn't the most interview appropriate <laughs> ensemble anyway but it um, looks like it looks like buffy yeah one of her friends would wear yeah this. like yeah. a buffy extra mm-hmm. yeah so ellie shows up to the interview cordelia chase would probably wear this i don't know I don't know. I didn't watch Buffy. Love Cordelia Chase. Uh, so Ellie shows up to the interview wearing a yellow rain slicker. <laughs> this is really funny. <laughs> which is much better than a stained blouse. Um, I, just, I love that there's no other jackets she could have used. Well, it's like, <laughs> do you have, you have friends, Ellie. Ask yeah. them for like a shirt. A sweatshirt. Wait, also, where did she get this rain slicker? She didn't show up to school with it. Well, I mean, if Toronto is similar to New York, maybe it is nice to just have an extra rain slicker like in your locker. I guess. In case but it's like, because when it rains in New York, it rains 
Ryan's heart. You couldn't find a Degrassi Panthers hoodie, but you found this rain <laughs> slicker. I don't know. No, they should have just got... Yes, I agree. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's funny. <laughs> it's um, pretty funny. And then, like, during the interview, Ellie smudges her makeup, and she's like, I'm nervous. Uh, but Caitlin reassures her, and the interview seems to be going well, at least in part because Ellie seems to actually have, like, relevant experience. So, you know, yeah. that's important. I think so. Yeah, you would think. Uh, but she doesn't feel good about it all the same. No, she smeared her mascara. I know, that's a real big faux pas. Death knell. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, back in the B-plot, which oh is God. terrible. I'm about to jump out a window, but go ahead and say it. So, okay, so Hazel tries to urge Terry to ask Rick out, because they think that Rick might be her secret Rick. admirer. Rick. Rick. <laughs> and Manny agrees with, like, a compl- uh, we get a brief shot of her making bedroom eyes at Craig, which is, you know... A nod to future events. Yeah, and Craig just looks uncomfortable and nervous as he does for this episode and the next one. Yeah, yeah. Manny's like, yeah, you should do it, you know. (laughs) Well, you know, gotta go for it. Stairs long. Yeah, and she's just like, yeah, exactly. Um, But then Toby emerges out of nowhere to misquote Silence of the Lambs for some reason. Hello, Clarice, which he says about 90 times. Which is not in the movie. He does not say that. No, movie. it's a misnomer. It's, it's like, a, Luke, yeah. I am your father. Yeah, yeah. What does he say? He says, hello. Because he doesn't know who hello. Clarice is when they first meet. He just says, hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> so, he know, uh, I do, okay, here's the thing. Yes, he's misquoting it. But. Also, why? But also, go, why? But go on. But, I don't know, isn't, is this not a death threat? <laughs> I mean, If it's, someone did this to you, I would be like, they're threatening to kill you. Evan, we need to go to the authorities. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird behavior. It's very cryptic. I'm going to quote a person who kills and eats other humans at you. Mm-hmm. And I guess if if this goes to trial, I guess Toby's defense is, well, if you think about it, Hannibal never wanted to kill Clarice. He just wanted to play a game with her. So it's like, that's, I guess, his legal standing, but it's pretty shaky. I don't know. I buy it. I um, want him to go to jail. I want to go to jail for misquoting Sounds of the Lambs. People um, I want to go to jail. Number two, Donald Trump. Number one, Toby Isaacs. Also, this is a very topical episode. <laughs> so topical. You may I, just get your wish for I one ba- of those. I barely, barely finished watching these episodes today because I was just masturbating to Donald Trump indictment news. Uh, let's continue. <laughs> so this leads Terry and Hazel to wonder if Toby is in fact... Terry's secret admirer and they like exchange like horrified shudders oh my god could you imagine I would I would just transfer schools <laughs> if that boy wanted to make out with me I would just leave I would remove myself from this, this situation I mean he already has a girlfriend which I guess they've forgotten but the I, show's forgotten too so that's also true she has she's slowly fading from existence like <laughs> back to the future photographs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Kendra I don't remember any Kendra <laughs> Uh, so Ellie comes home from her interview and she's like totally dispirited and she thinks the interview was a disaster and she finds her mom passed out on the couch with several bottles of booze on the table, like nondescript vodka bottles. Well, it's funny because vodka brand in my vodka brand vodka. I think that's the best vodka. You you really know what you're getting. (laughs) I mean, vodka apparently is just all uh, a scam and it's all bad. 
Why? Uh, just because, like, it's all just vodka. Like, there's no, oh, okay. like, it's like, there's no, like, oh, like, better vodka. It's well, all, like, it, distilled it, the same way. Is it's it all... all wine, just wine? Like, I don't understand. No, there's just different, <laughs> vo- there's different wine. There's, like, okay. better wine. Then there's, like, a process there, but, like, all vodka is, like, distilled the same way and, like, in, oh. like, the same distilleries, too. Oh, apparently. Really? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, like, well, I don't like vodka, so this, like, explains No, it, Daniel has told me at length, like, oh, vodka is a scam. What does Daniel drink? Is he a gin boy? He's a gin and... Tequila, I guess, sometimes, okay. boy. Loves mezcal. You like mezcal. Mezcal's great. You love yeah. mezcal. You know, it was very sad. I tried to watch Drag Race, and this is going to make me sound like an alcoholic, but actually I didn't finish drinking it, so that's the real point of the story. I was trying to watch All Stars last night at midnight, and I was so sleepy, but I was like, I'm watching Drag Race. I got to have a drink. So I just poured myself like a little shot of mezcal, and I had like two sips of it and fell asleep before I finished the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then I woke up to it smelling like mezcal because it was like three inches from my face because uh-huh. I fell asleep on the couch. Uh-huh. That sounds like I'm an alcoholic, but you'll notice I didn't finish the drink. That's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good job. And I didn't wake up and, and drink it, which is what I would have done in my 20s. I just poured it in the sink. I was like, that mezcal is lost. Yeah. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Mezcal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, are, how's your drinking? Are you in control? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really drink that much. Okay, actually. Yeah, me, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ellie... Goes- I was literally like Ellie's mob last night. <laughs> Just to sleep on the couch, with a thimble of <laughs> a thimble of, of mezcal, tiny, but I, the optics of it, and you're like, oh, the smell. Uh, oh my uh, god! So Ellie's mom is a mess, uh, and so Ellie goes into her bedroom, and then she hears her mom like retching, oh, gross, yeah, pretty <laughs> violently, and then Ellie like. Shot like is like shocked by this or surprised, and so she like spills her school supplies, and then she sees a protractor mm-hmm. on the floor. And I we always get... did think those things were pretty sharp looking. So I didn't even know, I didn't know what that was. I think the first several times I had seen this episode when I was like in high school, because when I think of a protractor, I think of like the plastic, like, right. you know, well, that... I think they kind of segued to that for safety reasons. Probably, <laughs> probably after this episode, they were like, yeah. we got to get rid of these. Uh, so we get this like lingering, slow zoom in on this protractor before Ellie takes it. And cuts herself with yes. it. Now I want to say a bunch of contradictory things, and this is sort Great. of what I, <laughs> this is sort of what I was talking about with the I want to take this all seriously because I do think ultimately this montage and this episode overall works for me emotionally. So I'm not only trying to take the real life issue seriously, I'm trying to take like Ellie's struggle seriously because I do take it seriously. But the way it's laid out for us is very comical just because of, I don't know, production issues, writing issues. And it, it was very, it was a weird dichotomy of this is not working for me. But I, Stacey Farber's performance, I think, just sells all of the shortcomings. I think she's good in this episode. I, okay, I want to, I want to talk about this a lot, actually. So, like, oh, what are your, do you have like, what are your memories of, like, this moral panic overcutting? Because I feel like this was a big deal and like, the early to mid-2000s was just, like, cutting as, like, a phenomenon. Like, this is, like, mm-hmm. what te- teens are going through. Cut my life into pieces. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I had some friends who cut. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And uh, they had the scars all up and down their arms, mm-hmm. and they they had little stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we some not everyone knew. Like, people believed the stories. Like, I remember this one... I won't even say the person's gender. This one person had them really bad all up and down their arms. Mm. 
and uh, I knew just because I was pretty close with them what was up, and they had, like, stopped, and they were working on it, but whenever someone would ask, they would just be like, oh, yeah, there's pricker bushes. There's so many pricker bushes, and it would, like, they would have a, this, like, panic response. Right. right. And it's like, I, I don't know. So I think that's maybe the other reason this was, like, effective for me, is I know people who have dealt with this. Mm-hmm. I knew, I think, one person who actually, who, who had done it in the past, not, not at the time, apparently, but like who had done it in the past. And, um, but I feel like by, even by the time that I was in middle school, like I knew that this was like a thing that was taken serious, like was considered like, you know, this was like a, a concern. Right. Um, but like, even by the time I was in high school, this was like, I feel like cutting was already kind of like a joke amongst like teens and stuff like it was like oh that's what emo kids do that's Mm -hmm. their favorite pastime is they cut themselves and they listen to you know i'll say this (laughs) my chemical romance (laughs) yes i'll say this i do i i see what you're saying in the sense that i think there was way more conversation about cutting than there was actual cutting and i think maybe in some cases people were just cutting to fit in <laughs> not in all cases would you jump off a bridge <laughs> um if you cut yourself i'm not saying that was you but i do just feel like there was this like weird push to like hey if you are a tortured person and that's your and that's your shtick as like a kid that's your personality that Roma- you we're romanticizing we're romanticizing exactly that's yeah, what yeah. It is. and i feel like also like we there were books like i remember these two books at the time i mean speak do you remember speak i don't book? okay so there's a book called speak which is like a young adult novel um where you know it's not really cutting doesn't feature heavily in it but like there is a point where she cuts herself and then like there was a book not very subtly titled cut which is about oh, wow. a cutter <laughs> okay um so i don't know it just like already by the time i was in high or middle school and high school and this which would be a few years after this you, episode aired you get it you're very young <laughs> i'm so young um that like it was already just kind of like i don't know we just kind of joked about it by that point i i agree there was a lot of joking about cutting especially in the face of the emo sort of pop right. culture movement. right exactly that was the response exactly yeah. and it was just like oh well that's what you do is you cut you know you cut yourself and it's just like it's like a hobby <laughs> Um, did you know, cause I was doing a, some, you know, scant Wikipedia research, apparently according to the latest aggregates of research, men self-harm just as much as women. Wow. Cause I feel like always, again, the stereotype at the time was like, oh, it's like teenage girls, like yeah. again, doing it for attention mm-hmm. and like only they did it, but it's like, and obviously I think, uh, this, this Wikipedia article lays out that like, oh, men will self-harm in different ways that maybe aren't quite as visible, yeah. but they will do it. So Okay, fascinating. Yeah, just, Good just a data. Little, just a little tidbit. Um, and that's from Wikipedia, so we know it's 100% accurate. <laughs> uh-huh. They had a source cited, so good oh, for good, them. Good, good, good. Good for them. Uh, okay, so the next thing Injecting is... some knowledge into this revelry. Yeah, we want you to learn <laughs> to this revelry. something. This joke-filled episode about uh-huh. cutting and alcoholism, <laughs> and also a little fucking creep who is in the next scene. And I we guess get we it, you hate him. More. Moving on. I hate him, and that's maybe my whole personality. And the next fine. day at school, Ellie finds out that from Miss Sauvé that she got the co-op position, and it looks like things are finally coming up, Ellie. Uh, so... And she goes to this little office. I love her little office. They didn't like have a... room for her, so they put her in the records room. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's, it's so cute. cute. It's so, it's cute. so cute. Like, if I were a 15-year-old girl, and, like, I had, like, my little grown-up job, and I had my little so office, excited. my little computer, so cute. I love it. I love her starting her little, uh, journalism journey, because mm-hmm. this is something that she, uh, 
loves and defines. Yeah, this uh, will become like a her a, character. Yeah, exactly. This is a long arc for her. Um, but then we get some really fantastic iMovie transition. <laughs> so then we're treated <laughs> to this montage set to uh, I looked at the song uh, I Don't Want to Be Me by Amanda Clemens, uh, not by. Um, Oh, with Alanis Morissette. Oh. <laughs> Even though it kind of, she kind of has an Alanis Morissette vibe. I don't remember how it goes, but I did write down. I just, don't want to be, be me. me. I'm not feeling too well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling too well? I think she says that. Uh, <laughs> That's so funny. Or so well. I don't know. That's uh, really funny. That's what Spider-Man said right before he turned into dust. <laughs> he was quoting this song. I, I don't Mr. Feel... Stark, remember <laughs> I don't want to be me. That song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. Grassy deep cut. Well, they used to listen to that when they were doing superhero stuff together. Uh, so this montage, uh, don't love it. Um, no, it was very cringe. Includes scenes <laughs> of Ellie working at her co-op, including interviewing a teen crisis hotline council, something, something about a teen crisis hotline. I think he, I think she's uh, interviewing something that's supposed to be like interesting. It's like the Trevor Project, but for like just like teens. And yeah, that. and it's, uh, it is, it's a, the moment in the montage that works for me because the counselor that she's interviewing is talking about some of the issues that teens face, including face. cutting and, offhandedly and alcoholism mm-hmm. and you know neglectful parents. And she's like, oh, that's interesting. What must that be like? Yeah, yeah. uh huh. She like pretends like, oh, I don't know anything about that that's crazy um then we get some more scenes of ellie's home life and her mom's like continued drinking problem and nondescript alcohol bottles (laughs) and then we see her like again they do it in a way that is like not too exploitative like of her cutting like because we don't even Mm. see it you see it the first time. Um, you see it the first... Well, you see her reaction to it. Do you see her, You like, see the blood come oh, you, out. That's right. Oh, God. I like it when the red water oh, comes Oh, God. Out. See, like... <laughs> I mean, which is also its whole own thing, is like, oh, showing self-harm, does that lead kids to do? I don't uh, know. I know like, you're not supposed to. That's what most people say. So. Uh, but yeah. I think this was done tactfully. Like, I think I, it's done pretty... I think... I mean, I don't know. About as well as it can be done, I suppose. This episode, I think walks a line between melodrama and an effective like after school special episode Mm. it's right on the line for me uh so ellie shows up to ellie shows up to school late and the bitchiest school receptionist of all time we have never seen and we'll never see we've never seen before (laughs) and never will again gets onto her about her tardiness which i do remember having these kinds of encounters with like school receptionists um they were just kind of like not not to this degree not to this level of antagonism but i do remember them like rolling their eyes because i be late now that you say it i have done this to some students but the thing oh, is, really well yes when i worked at that private school i worked there for like five years you were like you're late again well the thing is i worked in the dormitory so the whole school year i would work with the same like 50 kids and if someone was late frequently we would all know about it and we would all talk to them about it and it's they live in the dorm. It's their responsibility to get themselves out of bed and go, you know? Did you taunt them with, like, the late slip <laughs> by, like, waving it around and then being like, ah, uh, well, okay. What, what I would do is I would put it on a fishing pole. Yeah. And I would uh, dangle it in front of them and I would make them run down the uh, hallway to get it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> carrot and stick, yeah. Yeah. Um... So that's what this receptionist does. So fuck her. Um, I liked her. <laughs> uh, she's like watering a plant too. Uh, I loved her. <laughs> um, so spin off about this lady. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole um, exchange prompts Ellie to have a panic attack in the bathroom, and she tries to cut herself once again with this protractor when Paige walks in Mm -hmm. and makes, like, a cunty remark to Ellie. Yeah. Uh, But then switches when she sees Ellie bleeding. 
And so Ellie runs off and makes an excuse. She's like, oh, I hit my arm on the sink. On, on the, I think she says the I thing. hit my heart on the thing. But on yeah. the, which is, you know, relatable. Like, yeah. I, I, like, Bad lie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought that so, one worked. I thought this whole moment worked pretty well. Like, And this is what we know about Paige is she is this sort of socially aggressive person but she yeah. has a heart and she's not going to shy away from even someone who is casually acquainted to her if they need her help. right so Paige hounds her and tries to convince her to talk to someone about her cutting but ellie ignores her so meanwhile in the worst b plot of all time maybe one I of think them this is up there so toby is continuing this is up there with the other terry b plot where she was psychic <laughs> Oh, that one's pretty... That one's pretty bad. But this might be worse. Uh, so Toby is continuing to stalk Terry and be weird. So Terry finally confronts Toby and asks him if he's the one who left the rose on her locker, but he reveals that he was testing her to see if she was really psychic for a science project. No, what he says is, for my science report. Right. <laughs> Which uh, is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just get assigned a science report and you can do whatever you want. That's not a thing that happens in middle school. I'm sorry. <laughs> i don't remember uh so it's not a thing <laughs> so and he reveals that she failed his test can uh, you imagine if a kid handed you this science report where he pestered a woman with death threats i mean that's the thing is that it's like okay we don't do reports on pseudoscience sir we don't do reports on esp absolutely yeah like this is not scientifically valid this isn't uh, proving anything also your data is so circumstantial and random and up to your interpretation there's no hard data in this entire science report yeah that's a 48 for me that's, that's a, a that's a failing grade i would fail this little fucker so fast but i would make sure he still passed so i didn't have to teach him the next year <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Terry's relieved that Toby is not her secret admirer. Moving on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so later, Ellie conveniently walks past Paige when Miss Sauvé comes out and is like, Hey Paige, we can talk about your friend. Just give me a second to like refill my water bottle or whatever. Wouldn't it, would it be so funny if she was like, Hey Paige, uh, one second, uh, we can talk about your friends with the pigtails. <laughs> like, this is really specific. We can talk about your quiet friend with the pigtails yeah, who was we, dating the gay guy for yeah, a while. <laughs> we can talk about your redhead who's cutting. Um, <laughs> so Ellie lashes out at Paige, thinking that she wants to take her co-op job from her. Mm -hmm. But Paige is sincerely concerned about Ellie. She is. And demands to see her arm. And in a... Pretty heartbreaking moment. Ellie, you know, pulls up her sleeve and she's kind of, yeah. you know, ashamed. And so we see like dozens of lot. cuts on and her arm. And you keep thinking like, oh, that's all of them. And she, there's just so many. It's very, it, it worked for me. So it kind of worked on me. I feel the scene is affecting. And I think the performances are good. But everyone's acting well. I can't help but feel like it's sort of undercut by the fact that like, A, knowing that like going forward, like, well, Paige and Ellie don't become like, friends after this moment you know like, no and 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 it's also like Paige is kind of serving a similar role to remember last season in her two-part episode where hazel's the one who's like you need to see someone yeah. about your rape and it's like this isn't a teenager this is a an adult voice of reason sort yeah of being and Paige is simply the surrogate for this adult voice of reason yeah i see that i see that criticism that that is true. And that is a very similar dynamic to the Hazel thing. Yeah. And sort of just like the, you know, I, I don't doubt that Paige would be concerned because as we know, Paige is a 
compassionate character deep down and like she has a heart you know she's a bitch with a heart of gold right and so i don't doubt her having compassion for ellie when knowing that ellie's going through this i just sort of the like you should talk to someone have you contacted your local like <laughs> have you called the hotline to the you know like you know it's and it like flashes at the yeah exactly the <laughs> and, and then you know it's like very it's that it's the after school special vibe yes. coming in right um so, but wrapping things up, we see Rick trying... Rick! Rick? Rick. He's Rick. back. He's, he's... Remember that, Rick? <laughs> Rick, Rick. I remember it now. We're going to do that for two seasons, y'all. So, Buckle strap up. in. <laughs> so, Rick is, Rick is trying to leave a rose at Terry's locker when she catches him in the act, because apparently she didn't see him the first time, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, I've been standing here for hours. Yeah. <laughs> hours? Girl. Wait, did she say hours? She said hours. Girl, why? you got to get a light. You're the stalker. Right? The stalker is you um get, get toby's little eyeball camera and just stick it in there <laughs> <laughs> so and of course this is like a very sweet little moment between the two of them and then they walk off into the sun i mean they walk off into the hallway together and it's very romantic good for these kids i'm sure it'll all work out great for them I, you know what i really i believe in them <laughs> i nothing but good vibes coming off these two um <laughs> so then in the last Ooh. scene ellie has started therapy with miss sauve and even though she can't bring herself to talk in this first session, Miss Sauvé assures her that she's on the right track and they make another appointment. So it seems like, you know, things are going to be okay. Miss Sauvé, once again, not afraid to get her hands dirty. She is putting the work in. Love Miss Sauvé. So I'm sort of of two minds with this episode because I, you know, it's very topical, but I feel like, I almost feel like this episode would work a lot better had it ended on like a cliffhanger. Like, maybe Ellie starts cutting, like, at the end of and the episode. And she tricks Paige into thinking that she's stopped, but we right. see that she still is. Or or just, or just like, or she doesn't, it's not revealed to anyone, or, like, or maybe she doesn't go to Miss Sovey. I don't know, just, like, there's a little too much closure it's by the quick. end of this episode. Yeah. It's a very, it's, and this is an episode that takes place over the course of, like, weeks. Which is weird. Which Wait, is, yeah. Well, yeah, because she's at her co-op and she's like doing all... We had that I montage. Just, I just thought of that. Yeah. So it's time I mean, advancing like, for everyone. I mean, she didn't cut herself that much in like a day. Uh, I guess not. <laughs> so, I don't know. It just like, felt like this seems a little abbreviated. Like, this sure. could have been uh, like the beginning of an arc and then like we have another episode later on the season where like we maybe pick up this thread i think they just wanted to have an episode that informs the public this was about a, cutting right exactly you know? which is where it's kind of like okay we're kind of this is where degrassi sort of becomes much more like didactic and therefore a little less successful for me if you if you found out if you're a canadian parent mid 2000s and you find out that your kid has a problem with cutting you could watch this exactly contextualize this is like this is this is one of those episodes where they will show in like health class at high school to like inform students about cutting right whenever cutting becomes trendy again like you know the early 2000s are back any day now (laughs) that's right any day now it's that's right 20 year cycle (laughs) get out your protractor oh my god please don't get out your protractors (laughs) please do not uh i mean i hope i mean i hope there are no teenagers listening to us please literally please please stop Um, literally please don't we are not appropriate for you your parents should intervene did this episode go there you know Yes. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it did. And I think it was almost a good episode. I'm not going to say it was good or bad. I think it was very middle. But I, I, Mid, I, I didn't yeah. mind it. Mm. I think it was fine. And it went there. All right. We are back with season three, episode nine, Against All Odds, named after the song Against All Odds, parenthetical, 
<gasps> take a look at me now. Another parenthetical by Phil Collins. So take a look at me now. You like Phil Collins? Yeah, I, I can't say I know much of his music. As a youth, I certainly was very exposed to the Tarzan soundtrack. Absolutely. <laughs> a classic. Um, as an adult, um, I really appreciate, of course, the, what's the Mimi song with the drums? <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good song. Yeah. And uh, I, I do think this song, though, is probably my favorite Phil Collins song. It's a good one. And I really like the cover as well. The Postal Service cover? Oh, really? Yeah, they did a cover for um, the movie Wicker Park starring uh, Josh Hartnett, which bombed really hard. Oh, wow. But the song was a a big hit. Oh. Sort of like the movie Loser was a big flop, but the song Teenage Dirtbag from the Loser soundtrack was a big hit. Is that what that's from? Give me, name it, Charlie's Angels. Literally, Bootylicious is a Charlie's Angels song. People forget that. Do you remember when they used to make songs for movies? At the beginning of Bootylicious. And they were hits. And they yeah, were, and they hit, were importantly. And at the beginning of, is it Bootylicious or is it one of the other ones? At the beginning of that song, Beyonce is literally talking to Charlie. And Charlie's like, good morning, angels. Like, they used to do that. Oh, wow. I anyway. Didn't know, I didn't know that was from Charlie's Angels either. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, now <laughs> all I get is like. angels, come on. <laughs> now all I get is like fucking like, I don't know. Encanto songs. Tell me hits. what you think about me. It's not. It's that one, isn't it? The shoes on my feet. I bought it. Because I depend on. I depend on independent women. All the women who. Ind- that is I'm from s- Charlie's Angels. I was waiting not for you to burn yourself out. Not Bootylicious. Okay. I apologize. Okay. I was like, really? Canada. Bootylicious? Okay. Back to Canada. All right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so this episode, we open with Emma bumping into Sean in English class. And guess what? And having, what? He's got some hickeys. Wait, does he really? Did you not notice that? Wait, really? Yes, that oh, was like... the first shot is he, she sees his neck and there's a big old hickey. Oh, well, who was, who gave him the hickey? I don't know. Is Alex like, uh, swinging around the group? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they do. She's the pass around party she, bottom of the candy maybe bandit. she loves it. You know what's uh, another thing I want to say about the candy bandits that I wish I would have said last week? Please speak on it. It's towers with a Z, not towers with an S, because towers with an S goes Z, not Z. That's a Liza Minnelli reference. Let's continue. Liza. Liza. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, so Emma bumps into Sean. Well, now we know why she was especially cunty to him in this interaction. Well, she, she has a Ooh, very yeah. icy reaction to him, which yes. I just assumed was like, because uh, do you think this hickey was in universe or do you think it was just that his actor got a hickey? No, babe, it's it's meant to be there. And okay. I, I get why you missed it because I it's a very quick it. shot. I did. But then when he's sitting down talking about Shakespeare, you can still see it on his neck. If you knew to cue in from the insert shot of the close-up of his hickey, you can still see the hickey if you are, like, actively looking for it. I promise. Right. I guess I'm just wondering, like, again, like, I guess I would have covered it up if it weren't in No, it's not, it's not a real hickey. I don't know. Why would they show it? I don't know. It's just also weird. Why would they do a close-up on it if it was a real hickey? I don't know. I, did they do a close-up? Uh, whatever. There I, I missed up. I missed it. I swear. I swear there's a close-up. I'll take your word for this. Go, um, go look. So Miss Kwan, who we have not seen much of this season. She hasn't been around. No. I mean, the last. I, I swear the last time we saw her was the season premiere 
where Emma is barefoot and she's like, Emma, you're <gasps> such a great student. Yeah, in the background. That, yeah, I that, weird, that, that weird scene. My um, favorite scene. I love that scene. Okay. So uh, Miss Kwan tries to get Sean to talk about Julius Caesar, but Sean's like, Durr, I don't care. What does Shakespeare know about my life? Where, 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 where? <laughs> Perfect shot impression. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's how he talks. Uh-huh. Um, that's how they um, talk with Sega Beach. You know... I hate to. No, agree. Nick, as someone who loves Shakespeare, what do you think? What do you think about Sean's statement? I, I obviously wrote down that I think in this interaction, I'm obviously siding with Chris, not Sean. But if you are just talking about my personal opinions, I do think Shakespeare is bullshit and there's no reason to read him anymore. Moving on. <laughs> There's just moving no on from to. these rancid takes. Uh, just zero reason. <laughs> so Chris loved Julius Shakespeare because Julius Shakespeare. Now Julius who's the Phileas, Now who's the Philistine Evan? Julius. <laughs> you don't Caesar. even know the name of the play. Julius Caesar. Okay, Tim Apple. <laughs> okay, so he Chris Sharp loves again Chris Sharp, who is a new character mm-hmm. in the season. Chris for, for this episode. For yeah, for, for, <laughs> for this for one more this episode. Is, this is his moment. So <laughs> have it. Chris loved Julius Caesar because it was and i quote all about betrayal loyalty power and jealousy (laughs) (laughs) and and this piques uh emma's interest yeah (laughs) and then he echoes what we've all been saying this entire season when he refers to sean as slim shady really solid burn yeah exactly now i chris sharp friend of the pod chris sharp love chris sharp Uh, i think i'm appreciating him a lot more on this rewatch it's easy to forget about him because he's so underserved by his screen time or lack thereof and the writing that they give to him. But I think the actor's really good and I think he's making the most of what they give him. I don't know. I like him. Oh, he's fine. I, I wish he was... I wish we got... Because this is the last time we see him. Is that true? No, 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 no. He's still in it a little no, bit. No, yeah. He's, he's gonna... He's gonna... Oh, him. I forget. He does say that one funny thing later about Emma. Uh, uh. It's way later. Okay, I'll tell okay, you. I'll okay, tell you. I, I, okay, I have forgotten. No. So, he, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So, anyway. So. Uh, I like Chris. I, I wish they gave Chris more. I don't, but moving okay. on. <laughs> but, uh, okay, great. You know, <laughs> sometimes you don't like a character and yeah, I do. So this is what makes this the it magic happens. on this show. <laughs> so, Chris making fun of Sean really endears him to Emma because she's yeah. all like, fuck Sean at this yeah. point. And it looks like we may have a new romance brewing in the halls of Degrassi. Ooh, mm-hmm. Who can say? Uh, meanwhile, Ashley is going away to Montreal for the weekend with Ellie. With Ellie, yeah. Yeah. So are they like taking a girl's trip the so she can girls like, trip. get yeah. her mind off things? Probably. I, yeah, I guess so. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do in Montreal. That's but... not a very far trip, is it? It's, it's no, a few hours away, right? No. I mean, that's like, that's a a day trip i guess i guess yeah um, it's like going down to portland well Seattle. it's like a weekend trip it's not okay. a day trip okay. um but um so which that means craig is alone for the weekend um and also like ellie shows up with her suitcase to school which is weird that is pretty weird <laughs> like she's like i overpacked i always <laughs> which which honestly relatable i always overpack too ellie um but uh so right as craig craig is left alone manny conveniently like operates yeah. <laughs> and tells him that she misses him and invites him to a rave. So funny. So of the time. We're going to talk about this rave more, but... Um, I have a lot to say about this. I have a lot to say. <laughs> so we then get a brief scene of Emma watching as Chris uh, beatboxes in the hallway. Yeah, he's, he's doing a little beatboxing concert for his three best buddies. <laughs> uh, I personally found this cringy as fuck. But it's every, pretty bad. Everyone else seems to really be impressed by it. They're like, whoa, he's doing... He's got mad skills, dog. I don't want to diminish the art of beatboxing i think it's a really cool thing when people are good at beatboxing right but literally he's doing this 
It's so bad. Where's our audience? Where's our audience of admiring 14-year-olds? You know, let's go outside. Obviously, uh, listeners of the show know that Evan and I live next door to one another. I think right after this recording, we're going to go out in front of our apartment and just beatbox for whoever is passing by. I'm sure it'll go swimmingly. We do it at Echo Park. (laughs) All the kids will be like, oh, yeah. Look at these two cool boys beatboxing. (laughs) These two old men. These two cool old men. Okay, so in our subplot this episode, Spinner is a dum-dum and is funking math. So Jimmy invites Spinner and Marco to come over for a study sleepover. And Marco is surprisingly thrilled to hang out with his quote-unquote two favorite guys as if Spinner didn't just like out him five episodes ago. But okay, sure. It's a very unbelievable thing that they just want us to believe which is that that spinner and marco are friends like yeah but more than that that it's more that they want us to believe that everyone in the friend group is a hundred percent on marco's side and also not doing anything actively to make spinner get his shit together right you know right it's it's a real dissonance in what they're expecting us to believe yeah it really strains my credulity honestly so Spinner, who is still homophobic, but working on it, I guess. (laughs) Aren't Uh, we all? (laughs) So Spinner's resistant to the idea of a sleepover, but he goes along with it. And Jimmy's like, good, because you two are sharing a room. Which, which, okay. So a really big room. Yeah. Well, the living room. Right. So in a a rich kid's living room. It's a big living room. But it's like, okay, put your gay friend in a room with a homophobe. Great idea. What's the worst that could happen? Great job. Great allyship, Jimmy. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, so like, so is there not a guest room? Because his parents are not home, right? Yeah, right. Go sleep on the floor of the, the parents room. Oh, sleep in the bed of the parents. Well, I agree. Jimmy should sleep in his parents' bed. There you go. And one of them should sleep in, uh, ideally Marco, because he's not a homophobe, yeah. should sleep in Jimmy's bed. No, I used to do that. When uh, my parents were gone right. for many weekends, I would just take over My mom wouldn't care. No. Uh, so, I don't know. We've talked about this before. But, like, Jimmy's cavalier attitude, obviously, like, it's, it's I think it's supposed to speak to the ineffectualness of Spinner and his homophobia. Like, it's so harmless that it's like, whatever. He's yeah. just being a dum-dum. But, I don't know. It's still seems like a shitty thing to do to me personally like spinner is one of but i don't know but spinner is one of marco's favorite guys so whatever sure (laughs) okay okay why wouldn't he be yeah so (laughs) he's constantly talking about eating sprayed cheese and farting what's not to love (laughs) on top of that he'll probably punch you in the face if you're gay great right yeah yeah (laughs) uh so later chris chats emma and manny up in the hallway and emma tells him she really liked what he said in class because she'd never thought of Julius Caesar that way. About being about betrayal? To, re- to recap, <laughs> this, is his, this is his exact quote. It was all about betrayal, <laughs> loyalty, power, and jealousy. If She'd as, never thought about it that way. <laughs> as someone who has never read the play Julius Caesar, I could have told you that's what it was about. Just through cultural osmosis and knowing what happened to Julius Caesar, <laughs> I could tell you. But she thought it was really smart what he said. Yeah. So. Pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, got a, I got some kicks out of that. Um, and then Manny can, t- but Manny can tell that Emma is clearly catching feelings and tells her that Chris and his cousin will be DJing the rave she's going to tonight. I love, I love this so much. Well, I'm so I, excited well, for I, I also loved Cassie Steele's like Southern Belle voice. I thought that was very yeah, funny. Yeah, randomly. Yeah, she's like, 
oh, Chris Shop, I do declare I am in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was very cute. That was very funny. Uh, her Scarlett O'Hara. A little Tennessee Williams. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... That night, Manny gets. What do you Emma... think they call Tennessee Williams up there? Like Ottawa Williams. Hmm. What are the provinces? Boo! <laughs> no, boo! Okay. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Uh, write so... it if you think that's a good joke. Go ahead and write it to the Allaboot Degrassi Instagram. <laughs> Tell me you think it was a good joke. <laughs> Tell me you like me, please, please. <laughs> uh, so that night, Manny gets Emma dolled up in a very Y2K outfit. Oh my God! This. What do you think was... of this fit? <laughs> I like it. I love it. It's a really good throwback. I, I love that. I think the earrings bring it all together. I, I, are they hoop earrings? I no. Well, Emma, I don't. So Manny. Manny's definitely wearing hoop earrings. Yeah. She loves no, a hoop earrings. Well, bigger the O, bigger the ho. <laughs> uh, but no, Emma has like those dangly, like kind of chainmail looking ones that like fold in oh, on themselves. Right, 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 right. And, and they were very cute. They were yeah. No, I love It's very like Barbie circa 2002. Yes. Like, so it's like, so for those of you who don't remember, it's like a. You can probably look this up, but it's like a baby blue. No, not like more. No, Is more the, like an electric blue yes. top. And then like a kind hot like pink ro- skirt. Honestly, kind of Romy and Michelle colors. Honestly, yes. Like from the cover. It's very Romy and Michelle. Like they would love this outfit. Yes. Romy and Michelle would design this outfit. Absolutely. And sell it at Romy and Michelle. I think she looks great. I think her hair looks great. She looks really I think she good. looks really good. She's, I, God, I, I love all of this. Our girls I, I, are growing up <laughs> and they're being so bad. They're being oh, so bad. bad. I love it. I love oh, it. it. Oh so my god. Fun. We love this episode, by the way. It was so good. I think this episode is great. Um <laughs> Okay. And meanwhile, Manny is still rocking uh her crop tops and thongs, which yes. honestly it's working for her. It's working. It's working. Every uh, and you know what? <laughs> I earlier was gonna shout out one of her outfits, but it's just it's almost pointless because all of the outfits are good. And at this point, I would like to shout out another Degrassi Instagram, Every Manny Fit. Go follow at oh, Every Manny Fit. And they just yes. post Manny's outfits throughout the years. Yeah, that's your, that's your you know, uh, put it on your Pinterest board. You know? Shout out Every Manny Fit. I think they followed <laughs> us back. Yeah, I think they did. Oh, sick. Yeah, I believe they did. Shout out to them. Uh, we also get our first Whatever It Takes drop. <gasps> what? So They say, Whatever It Takes. When? You didn't catch that? When? <laughs> they say it in this episode. When they're going to the rave. When, when they're about to get, when they're getting ready to the rave. And uh, Manny says, whatever it takes. See, I thought that the first time they said whatever it takes is in that like finale episode where Manny, Manny also says it in that one. No, they say it a few times over the course okay, of the Okay, I didn't realize. I There's actually, was, like, the big I remember watching, <laughs> when I watched this, like, when I was, like, watching this live, like, on Teen Nick, and but I would, they would also, like, you know, do reruns and stuff. They... One of their ads for like Degrassi was like a supercut of every time they say whatever it takes. Oh, really? That's cute. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this is obviously one of those moments. And they actually say it twice in this episode. And actually, uh, I guess Man- should, Manny and Emma, they both say it. We should probably clarify just for the Degrassi lay people listening. That is, of course, what they say in the uh, Degrassi intro song, Whatever It Takes. Whatever it takes, I know I can make it through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, children's choir. <laughs> Love it. Oh, God. Wait, is this uh, the last season we have the children's choir? Mm, they become more subdued the next two seasons. Oh, okay. Then it's the last. The, the season five is the last one. Oh, uh, I know. It. I miss it. Um, <laughs> also, um, N- Emma now lives in the basement. By the way, yeah, permanently. Um, which okay, but it's cool. Well, yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, that's like a very like teenager. Like, oh, that seems chic, right? I'm gonna go live in the basement. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Did we miss a line explaining this? But like, I'm pretty sure she's down there because Baby Jack took her bedroom. Yes. But like, did we? Did they explain that at some point? I just missed it. In in one of the episodes, either right before or right after Snake got diagnosed with cancer, it was 
already a situation where she was having to live in the basement. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, I just, I guess I just totally forgot. But yeah, anyway, that's why she's in the basement. So, uh, they're climbing out of the basement window to get Love to it. the rave because they don't want to explain the bootylicious yeah, booty outfit to uh, Spike. So, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, at the boys' sleepover, Spinner comes back from having the shits to find that Jimmy took his spot on the couch. You know, here's the thing. Be a gross boy. Eat your gross food. Have your gross poops. Just don't, you don't have to talk about your poops and your farts all the time. Boys love talking about poops and farts. I did not experience this as a youth. I didn't either, but I also wasn't a straight boy, so I don't know. I feel like straight I boys... I hung out with a lot of straight boys, and we weren't talking about our shits. You didn't know, There wasn't that one kid who was like, oh, I had a real stinky shit. No! Like, oh, good, that's nice. No. I didn't have that either, but I just assumed. I don't know. Straight no, boys are rotted. I, yes, but I've never experienced this. That's this is good. why I hate Spinner. So... Spinner's just had some rough shits, and then he, like, comes back to find that Jimmy took his spot on the couch, and now Spinner has to sit next to Marco, a gay. Mm -hmm. So, um, (laughs) again, I guess you could interpret Jimmy's behavior as trying to give Spinner maybe, like, exposure therapy. It might be that. Like, for his homophobia, like, oh, just, like... Once you are around Marco more, you'll you'll realize, oh, it's fine. But again, it still feels like Jimmy's trying to get, like, a homophobic rise out of Spinner. <laughs> which is, like, a shitty thing to do to your gay friend. Yeah, there's an alternate reading of this where he's playing, like, a psychosexual game with them. Where he's trying to hit right. them against each other. He's just like, oh, can I make a gay panic case occur in my <laughs> apartment? We'll see. Um, These gay panic beats in this episode, though... I. I I'll say they're not great, but they could have been a lot worse. I think, no, I, I'm very entertained. I think it all kind of works, which <laughs> no, is shocking No, it does, it does. <laughs> and then Jimmy turns on porn, which is a great way to study. Uh, and then the music is like the most like stock porn, like bass, like bump, trick wow wow music mm. that you've ever heard. Uh, do straight guys enjoy watching porn together? <laughs> I've done this. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> At sleepovers? Really? Yeah. Like, cha- we go to 500-ish channels. Like, that whole 500 to 600. Oh, my God. There's, like, six different channels that have softcore porn going. And they would just, like, like what would it, be, It starts like- at, like, 2 a.m. So, it's, like, you're up late at a sleepover. And you're, like, oh, the, the dirty movies came on. So, like, what is... On. What would you do? You would just, like, all watch it and, like, giggle? Or, like, was it, like hot like what 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 was the goal it was was pretty hot (laughs) okay (laughs) i don't know what else to say i don't know i don't i don't know i guess i just don't understand teenage boys Uh, i've been a teenage boy and i'm still like what i think if i'm being honest that was very very hot to me at a young age so i found this pretty relatable wow (laughs) i didn't have this experience but i'm happy for you (laughs) okay so jimmy turns off the tv out of courtesy to the gay in the room (laughs) Which was, I guess, you. Yeah. <laughs> you were this gay. Um, yeah. But Mark was like, no, turn that shit back on. Uh, besides, <laughs> he was looking at the guys. I'll say we never did it while studying. It was like, hey, we're sick of playing video games, but we're still awake and overstimulated. Right, because this Let's isn't, a, this isn't a good way to get your studying done. Yeah. This is not good. Um, but I also never studied in a group, but maybe that's just me. Uh, so... When uh, Spinner realizes that Marco was looking at the guys in the porn, Spinner is grossed out and, like, turns off the TV. This is this is what I enjoy about Spinner and his, like, weird homophobia, is it's just these thoughts can't even physically enter his mind. Like, he has such 
blinders on yeah that the thought that marco would be turned on by a naked man that that he hasn't even thought about that yet. right right yeah he can't get He's into like, that what <laughs> they're like dudes what <laughs> they don't even have titties yeah yeah look at them hair um so we cut back to Emma and Manny at the rave, which is apparently one of those drug-free all-ages raves you hear about all the time. I don't think this is a drug-free event. <laughs> oh, no? No. That, it's an all-ages you... event, clearly. Babe. Babe. Oh, you think they had fake IDs? Babe, have you never been to a rave? It's all 16-year-olds, and they are really? all rolling. Yes. Really? Yes. I've never, another, I, I, no, I have never been to a rave. This is another... I can relate to the A plot. I can relate to the B plot. What? <laughs> Teenagers go to raves? Yes. And like, it, legally? <laughs> I didn't I, know this. They are... I, I guess raves probably should not be legal, but that's a separate conversation. I have been to three or four raves in my day, and every single time I looked like Craig when he shows up at this rave in his little band t-shirt. And like baggy jeans, like that was always me. And you were like a teenager. And else, uh, yeah, and everyone else was all like blurred out with their like arm candy and their glow sticks, and I was just there, either completely sober because I didn't start drinking <laughs> until I was eighteen, or a little bit drunk, <laughs> and everyone else was just full rolling. I mean, I just assume that, they, that no one's rolling because no one offered them the opportunity to roll, which it seems also again well, like I can, unlikely. I can really get into this. Yes, at raves, people are walking around selling rolls. Uh, a, a common trick is people will wear like finger. I'm really going to get into this. Oh, people God, will please wear educate me. fingerless gloves. And then on the inside of the glove is a little baggie with like, I don't know, 10 ecstasy tablets in it. Mm -hmm. Marijuana or ecstasy tablets. Um, do you know what that's from? Anyway. <laughs> uh, and then they'll just go around the dance floor selling them. Uh huh. Uh -huh. But typically, the day before the rave is when you are out and again i'm not an ecstasy girl i've only done it once in my life mm. didn't really enjoy it but typically the day before the rave is when you you are securing your ecstasy okay gotcha and i am old enough that i call it ecstasy still yeah <laughs> i'm very very old i mean they call it molly now right we and we now call it molly i i remember i think at the first rave I went to, it was still called Ecstasy. And by the last rave I went to, it was Molly. <laughs> so I really, I got to watch You got to see the whole li yeah. life cycle of so, these terms. Uh, rave, AMA, I've been to four of them. They were all pretty unpleasant. I'll tell you. It does not seem fun to me. It was not fun. But the other thing I want to say is having been at raves, this was pretty accurate. You know, mm. this sort of pseudo legal, like dance hall where it's like, this is probably, they're probably way over capacity. It's not like it could get shut down at any minute. This yeah, there's a fire. They're fucked. Oh yeah, they would all die. <laughs> this felt like a real rave. I was shocked. I was, wow. I, was I was surprised they had so many background extras and some of the background extras knew how to do the little glow sticky dance with their hands. The one where you go like this. Whoop. And you spin it around. <laughs> and if someone's tripping really hard, you do that in their face and they're like, whoa, they call it a light show. Yeah, I remember face. the American Dad episode where Roger the Alien does it. Um, does a light show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> apparently... I don't, I don't know that. I don't learn about raves from cartoons. I learn it from the School <laughs> of Hard Knocks, from being out in the streets. Okay, see, I, everything I learned about raves was from Skins, so... Uh, <laughs> oh, Skins. And this, apparently. The uh, first two seasons of Skins, y'all. Go watch those. That's a, tune in for our next podcast. Yes. Uh, oh, I would happily recap Skins. <laughs> it's like this show, but good. Well, well... <laughs> First well, two seasons. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, okay, well, anyway, we're getting anyway, lost. Anyway, so, anyway. <laughs> um, so we cut back to Emma and Manny at the rave, um, and 
Manny urges Emma to not talk about the environment. Do not talk about the environment. It's not sexy. This was the funniest line and the funniest delivery. It's so funny. Really, really good. Really good. Just uh, her final line. Do not talk do about not, that. Do not do not talk about it. It's so funny. And she's just like, okay, okay, she, I can do but it. But it's like she like she like she like em- emphasizes it. The environment is not sexy. Do not talk about it's it. Really it's really funny. It's good. It's good. Um, Great line delivery, Cassie this, Steele. This is where Degrassi really sings in episodes like this. It's an incredible episode. I have nothing uh, but good things to Apparently, say. if you look closely in the background of the raid, you can see Jake Epstein in the background. Oh, he's already even, there. Even though he's, like, he's already there, even yeah. though he's not supposed to be there yet. <laughs> Spoiler funny. alert, he's going to be there. Yep. Um, so back at Joey's, Craig is watching some kind of like melodrama with Joey and Sydney, but at Joey's insistence, Craig decides to leave and quote-unquote go to Jimmy's. Him cock-blocking Joey was really funny. Yeah, and this thrills <laughs> Joey because now he and Sydney can fuck. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. Back at Jimmy's, which is not where Craig is going, Mm-mm, Jimmy Jimmy turns the porn back on, and he and Marco get into this like debate about the merits of porn stars. I will um, say this is another thing that would happen is you know at these sleepovers with like three to five guys and the porn's on, mm-hmm. someone will turn it off and like okay that's enough, and then someone just fifteen minutes later will like turn it back on and be like hey wait a second we, we can watch a little more of this and, and that one kid's like no stop uh-huh. we're done I would be that kid probably <laughs> um, yeah Jimmy's like oh yeah she's hot and Marco's like what she's so fake unlike him now that's a man which like I found an odd rea- an odd interaction because I'm like well Marco you're not going to sell Jimmy on the merits of this man's fuckability because you know, he's right? not straight or because he's straight <laughs> so I don't know what you're trying to do here um, but homophobe spinner starts choking in disgust uh, and then Marco chases him around the room trying to deliver the Heimlich maneuver yeah and then he saves his life I do agree that of these three characters Marco would be the one to know the Heimlich in case they're prepared mm-hmm. that's true uh, but Spinner is still like, ew, a gay touched me. Gross. <laughs> Back off. I mean, uh, he really got in there, didn't he? <laughs> I mean, he the hot coughed up like a giant. I don't what was it? it was, I don't. It was so gross. It was more spray cheese bullshit. I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> uh, so back at the rave, Emma flirts with Chris, and he invites her to come on stage for his DJ set, which he announces by saying, "Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's your, your boy, Sea Dog, in, in the, the house. house." I think about that all the time. I because it was clearly <laughs> written by a very old white man. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, terrible, terrible writing for really this bad poor, stuff. poor Chris. They should have so just let him add. I feel bad. And there's even a point. I this is probably just conspiracy theory. After he says in the house, he says a couple more things into the microphone, but they clearly cut the audio in post. So oh. maybe that was him saying something that would actually have been, I don't know, culturally relevant for that moment. <laughs> I don't know. We can only hope. We'll, we'll never know. So Emma on what stage if he was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, it's your boy Sea Dog in the house. Fuck these white writers," and they cut that part out. <laughs> So Emma accidentally shuts off the power with her foot, which causes the crowd to briefly revolt. By the way, hilarious. When you see this surge protector that apparently the entire rave <laughs> the is entire plugged into. The entire rave is plugged into this one outlet. So funny. <laughs> uh, which is not good, by no, the way. That is not how you... It will explode. Yeah, yeah no. You cannot power those lights and those PAs on Yeah, no, that. AV it's should have done a better job. Yes. Come on. Uh... We're the stagehands. Uh, but Chris quickly turns it back on. So it's, it's fine. Crisis averted. But as if that wasn't embarrassing enough for Emma, then 
Chris's baby girl Melanda shows it's up. It's Melanda. I remember. I thought it was his baby girl Melinda, but I had misheard the last time. Melanda. It's Melanda. Melanda. And when I tried to type Melanda into my uh, Word document, it autocorrected to Melania, which was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> topical. Yeah, topical. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Chris tries to convince her that Emma is just his friend, but she's clearly not buying it. So Emma flees the scene and tries to get Manny to leave with her, but Manny has a different plan. Yeah. Wait until Chris and his baby girl, Melanda, <laughs> wait until their fight is over. Because they're fighting in the corner actively at this moment. Yeah, yeah, on stage. Yes. Just like, in front of everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so wait until their fight is over, give Chris a shoulder to cry on, and then make a move. And Emma's like, no, I could never. But then she's like, okay, fine. Uh, well, she says that's totally evil. Yeah. And Manny's like, well, it's totally effective. So, and then Emma's like, whatever it takes. Okay, so... Hmm. How do I feel about this? <laughs> I guess this is not an ideal way to meet a partner, but it's also, I don't know, if they're breaking up, then like, who cares? It's like a middle school relationship. I don't know how I feel about all this. I don't, I, I. What I, Manny's doing is much more nefarious. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think any of this is like great behavior, but we'll see how, we'll, we're gonna, we'll, we'll we're, see. We'll see. So Manny goes to get them water because there are apparently dozens of free water bottles. Is that a thing at Raves? No, I think Educate they would probably me. charge you. Um, so maybe they have like a jug, you know, like at the end of a bar, usually they'll have a big water jug. Mm. They might have done those. I mean, I think it's funny if like everyone's rolling except for that. <laughs> <laughs> I there's like a twenty percent of people who enjoy raves but don't actively enjoy ecstasy. Uh-huh. They just love the idea. They're just the like, I'm just here for the music, man. God, that music's terrible. Oh god. Um, yeah, and Chris's music is not is not good either. Unfortunately, <laughs> you didn't um, like his set. <laughs> no, no, turn that shit off. Um, so. Okay. I'll step on the surge protector. So, <laughs> so then Manny sees Craig and asks him to dance, and they do. Mm-hmm. So after a long night of studying, aka jerking off to porn, yes. uh, the boys get ready to go to sleep, and Spinner pulls Jimmy aside and begs to sleep in his bed because he's convinced Marco wants to cop a field the spinmeister. Uh. Oh no. <laughs> but Jimmy's like, get over yourself. And then Spinner seems to like ogle marco's shirtless body in a moment his life shirtless yeah (laughs) in a moment of homoerotic tension that you can really only get at a boy's sleepover at that age (laughs) which i have been there i've been there done that um which i don't know it's funny because it's like you've looked at a a latino boy as he disrobes he's italian axe what what is that shut up (laughs) what is that country you keep saying Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so you know i mean yeah god i we don't need to get into it anyway lots of memories um so then back at the rave emma apologizes to chris about getting him in trouble with his baby girl melanda Which I am going it's, to keep. I'm it's going to keep doing every it. Time. This is the last time we'll ever see her, so we have to say. <laughs> yeah, we got to make the most of this. We're going to milk it. Uh, but Chris stresses that he's always in trouble with his baby girl Melanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I em- think it, you don't think his acting is good. I think he's a good little actor. Uh, it's fine. I like it. It's serviceable. I like it. Uh, and Emma, seeing her opening, uh, asks if he wants to talk somewhere quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I also love that Chris. Like, so they go somewhere quiet, and then like Chris like tries it's, to ask her about environmental club, and she's like. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, but well, you can see herself stop herself. She, you know, she's, she's like, like oh, 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 I can't wait to talk about environmental oh, but, club. But wait, wait, I'm here to fuck. And she's so. like, wait a second. She like pushes up her bra and she's like, let's not talk about that. Um, I'm trying just to do some man. Let's here. talk about you. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then he explains music to her. It's all about the beat. <laughs> 
DJing. This it's all talking, about the beat. This is what I'm talking about with like the car mechanic stuff last like yeah. Two ago. I did think of you when he such, said this. Such a passing knowledge of the. This is a layperson that, trying yes. to explain how a, an expert would explain DJing. It's really funny to me. Um, and then he like does this thing like like he's like it's all about the beating. It's like the beating of the heart. And he's you tapping know? right between her collarbone and her and bra. clavicle. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, meanwhile, Manny and Craig are getting very intimate on the dance floor, and they cut between... This is very good. This, this is, is very well done, good. Yes. editing. So, they're cutting between these two pairings, and so they cut between Emma and Chris, and they're sort of like, are they going to kiss? Are they not? And they cut between Manny and Craig doing the same thing. Yes. And, uh, and as Manny's trying to kiss him, Craig protests, and he's like, I have a girlfriend. No, I can't. Please. Uh, but Manny says, it's okay, because she can keep a secret. Mm-hmm. No, Manny. No, don't do she it. Cannot. No, <laughs> by the no, way, she but, can't. no. By the way, no, she can't. Also, this is a terrible idea. Don't this be a secret, bad. Manny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we cross cut between Manny and Craig making out, and Emma trying to kiss Chris, but she can't do it. She pulls away. She can't do it, and she flees. So, and by the way, she flees by saying like, "It's not you, it's me," which is which is a good thing to say in this case because yeah. you don't want to give him a complex. Yeah. But she should have really extrapolated like, "Hey, I think you're." hot and interesting can we please do this when you just haven't just had an argument with someone that you were dating yeah like say that yeah because you're really leaving him hanging yeah i i mean i think that's just my thought yeah i guess it's just hard for you know it's hard for teens to like when use you're words, a kid yeah. you know like I, I think it's hard for all of us to use words at any age so sure. it's like we never <laughs> we never say things how we should um so back at jimmy's marco and spinner are asleep in the living room and marco's hand accidentally grazes spinner's chest by the way spinner it's a big fucking living room sleep on the other side of the coffee right room. you're not sleeping on anything you're on the floor it's like there's plenty of floor there's to so go around floor. so much floor but uh the spinner wakes up and uh succumbs to gay panic mm-hmm. and spinner finally outright says that marco is has a crush on him clearly to which Marco basically reads him, him the, the house, house down, down boots. Uh, <laughs> By the way, we did not write that we down. We did not write that down. I, well, I, wrote, I wrote it down, but I did not plan this I, with you. That is exactly <laughs> fully what happens uh, if she gets read the house he down. Was like, he was like, her look was shit, her hair was shit, <laughs> her acting was shit, her makeover was shit, she's shit. So you do know Tatiana. <laughs> I'm familiar with her work. Uh, <laughs> I've oh seen the gosh. clip. Oh my gosh, so good. So... Uh, yeah, and um, it's and Spinner pretty, does not recover from this. No, it's pretty <laughs> savage, and he's left in a crater. Uh huh, absolutely. <laughs> and Marco goes to sleep in the bathtub, which is also something I did when I was a teenager. Oh yeah, yeah. See, our tub was just like I was like I guess we could have done it, but it was just seemed so uncomfortable. You have to just be small enough, but <laughs> like so not fully grown, but then also in that like kind of you know how you're just like more flexible when you're little. Right. Well, kids can sleep anywhere. Yeah. Is also much like a cat. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> kids Marco, are like cats, and I always say that. <laughs> and Marco is very pocket sized, so <laughs> yeah, works for him. So back at the rave, Emma's trying to look for Manny on the dance floor, but can't find her anywhere. So Emma hails a cab ride, which honestly work. Um, uh, it's very adult of her. Yeah. And she didn't she didn't walk home like she did. Yeah, she didn't season. walk home with the sad person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so she surreptitiously climbs through the basement window because she's not trying to wake anybody up. But who does she find in her bed? Manny and Craig? (laughs) Manny with Craig! (laughs) And Emma gives them both a lashing, and Mm -hmm. Craig scurries away. It's very funny when um, Emma and Manny are arguing, but there's just like three seconds of footage of 
Craig trying to crawl out the window in the background. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jake Epstein's like, oh, jeez, God, I gotta, it, I gotta, gotta hit my beat, hit my mark. It's really funny stuff. Um, so at school, uh, Spinner thanks Marco for his help studying, and Marco clears the air and clarifies that he's not attracted to Spinner, and that Spinner is not hot. No. Okay. And then it ends with Spinner kind of in a in a he, fun way saying, he's "Well, like, you just have bad taste." Yeah, he's like, "Respectfully, I disagree with your claim, sir." <laughs> yeah, so I want to say this: this whole Spinner being homophobic and then learning to not be homophobic storyline. I think it was mostly misses. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of highs along the way, but I think this end point is really nice and sweet, and I liked it. Yeah, I, I I think this is the natural conclusion. I yes. just wish I don't think they did enough of the legwork to get to this point. There should have been another episode with Spinner fully isolated from the group. There should have been an episode where they have another. They argument, should maybe they should have like kind of iced him out of the group for a, yeah. a, an episode, you know, and, and see like, what that's like. Yeah, that would have been right, interesting. right. But even though I didn't love the journey, I like where it started and I like where it ended. Right, I agree. So that kind of all works. Yeah. And that's the end of Spinner's homophobe arc. He's changed. He's a changed man. He'll never be homophobic again. He'll never. just be unlikable in other ways. <laughs> He'll just have other things to work on. <laughs> um, so we're wrapping things up here. Uh, Manny Iconic tr- scene, by the oh, way. Oh, yes. This is an all-timer. Yes. So Manny tries to talk to Emma in the hallway. Emma's on her high horse at this point yeah. about Manny cheating with Craig. And you know, I don't like when Emma slut shames. I don't like when she does her like second wave feminism bullshit. But she has a little bit more of a moral high ground on this particular one. So, so there's some gray area. Right, I like it. Right. So I think, and this is obviously like playing on or a continuation of their previous fights this season where Emma just kind of feels abandoned by Manny and like a bigger sense yeah which did happen that night where because because manny left her on the dance floor alone when emma was kind of going through it you know yeah she had already said she wanted to leave yeah exactly and so for manny to leave her to go cheat with craig yeah it's like that hurts but obviously i think that's i think that's playing into the equation here right but also emma is you know being very moralizing and it's very patronizing Mm -hmm. But she's not wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, like we can, like she's it, correct in this case, yeah. which makes me root for her because she's so often wrong. Exactly, <laughs> it's a bad idea. It's just that she's coming at it from a place of like proselytizing, which obviously no one ever reacts. It's off kindly to yeah. right, right. So I also like, even though I'm like, I think Emma's right. I do understand where Manny's coming from and her frustration. And, and so, I just, I think it's really well done with the scene that you were talking about with the intercutting of the kisses mm-hmm. and who pulled away and who didn't. Right. I think that is them finally going different ways in their friendship. They're, yeah, and they're figuring out... It's very Fast and the Furious 7, where Brian <laughs> drives away on I, the other road. I have not seen a single Fast or Furious. They're not good, but I did cry when that happened. Oh. <laughs> it was pretty sad. R.I.P. <laughs> Paul Walker. Yeah, that's when he died. You were yeah. never a good actor, but you did seem like a sweet guy. <laughs> uh, so Manny's like, fuck it, I'm done being friends with you. And Emma, and I thought this was very good, like Emma's like visibly genuinely hurt by the fact that Manny doesn't want to be friends with her anymore. And you can like yeah. see it on Miriam McDonald's face. Like she does, she plays it very well. She's like, you don't want to be friends anymore. Yeah. And Manny calls her a stuck up prude princess. And so Emma calls her the school slut. And then Ooh. end. 
low blow and so no follow-up yeah and End then of conversation. And the episode closes on like the two of them like facing off yeah uh, in the hallway this is staring dynamic. each other down yeah whoever uh, wins we lose <laughs> <laughs> who's alien and who's predator um let me th- let me really think about this i think manny's alien and emma's predator well, because the alien? alien's, like, libidinous, like, energy, right? I mean, the alien's, like, a sex monster. Well, just because of H.R. Giger. So I guess I will agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. I mean, it, it like, rapes people. It's, like, a whole, the whole thing. It does? Like, <laughs> kills them, rapes them. Yeah. Okay. What is, what is forcibly <laughs> impregnating a person oh, if not rape? I forgot about that little guy. Yeah. I was only thinking of the big ones. The oh, big well, I mean, they also, like, it's, I mean, it's very, like... We can't, sodomizing we're really over acts of violence. we're really over time. Um, anyway so uh we're, we're really over time uh we this gotta, episode's great this is such a good episode also go check out the work of hr geeker he's very talented <laughs> go check out alien while yeah, you're at it it's um, really good they're pretty yeah two of them pretty good uh first two um does this episode go there yeah yeah absolutely. like it, it's not a super like hot button issue or anything no but i think this is again this is where i love Jurassic, where it's like oh this is just like teens living your little teen lives and it felt real and i liked mm-hmm. it you know what it kind of reminded me of as we were talking about it you, you know that movie 13 <laughs> this was a very 13-esque episode Catherine hardwick i don't know that movie evan rachel wood, wood growing up and becoming a bad girl cutting oh. herself and stealing and doing drugs so like a lot of similarities oh cutter yeah cutting seducing back, back the local cutting. boys Mm, yep. that sounds good it's a, it's a pretty good movie <laughs> um what did you learn today oh uh, yeah i guess we got to share with the class okay let me let me get my notes together uh, let's see okay uh okay what i learned today is that i am as good of a beatboxer as a professional beatboxer <laughs> what did you learn today evan i learned that djing it's all about the beat <laughs> kind of like the beating of the heart you know what? That's the same word, beat and beat. I I think that's that's why it's so similar. That's crazy. Yeah. Blowing my mind here. Next well. thing you're going to tell me, Julius Caesar is all about betrayal, power, loyalty, and jealousy. Jealousy? Personally, I don't see that when I read it. <laughs> Personally, I was getting something different. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that's the end of this episode. Um, this was a great time. We have some weird, like, two-parter situations coming up, but I don't have time to figure that out right we'll, now. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. You'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> you love it. Yeah. You love a surprise. Okay, goodbye, everyone. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time. Till next time. Effect. Do we need that? Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's an important beat. Oh, okay.